0: Call in at 303-690-3000.
3: Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, hey, what's up everybody? My name is Cody King and uh, it is my privilege and pleasure. I was trying to put both of those words together there for a second. It's my privilege and pleasure to be your host today on Calvary Live. Uh, What a great opportunity this is to be able to talk together, to be able to seek the Lord together. Uh, to be able to answer questions about the scriptures and pray with uh, pray with God's people, uh, as well as you know those who are just kind of listening in. So hey, I just want to encourage you if you're if you're like you know you wouldn't consider yourself a Christian, you're not a believer, you're not really following Jesus or any of that kind of stuff. You're just kind of listening in. Hey, welcome! I'm so glad you're tuning in. I'm so glad that you are taking a, a, some a moment to kind of. Peek in on some of this Christianity stuff, and to look at what's going on with us here. And uh, I'm glad you're. I'm glad you are doing so. And so, hey, if if you have a question, I'd love to talk to you as well. So don't think that this is just for Christians. This is only for those who are part of a church or something like that. um, Maybe you've got some questions you want to talk through as well. So I want to welcome you and ask you to jump in on this as well. Hey, I want to welcome all of our listeners on Grace FM. Uh, That airs here in the Metro Denver area and is heard all throughout the front range of Colorado. Uh, It is a privilege to be with you today. I also want to welcome our listeners on the East Coast, those listening on Hope FM in Pennsylvania and New Jersey and Maryland. Hey, welcome to all of you, as well as Truth FM, in Tennessee, North Carolina, and Kentucky. Hey, if you are listening to this broadcast on the East Coast, on Hope FM or Truth FM, just a reminder, you are hearing this broadcast on a one-week delay. Uh, So what that means is that when you call in or when you send a text message in, you may not necessarily be uh, connecting with the same person you're hearing right now, but there's still somebody in studio. There's still someone here to to be able to talk with you and answer your calls. So uh, just remember, it's a one-week delay. But you also have the added benefit on the East Coast of listening to yourself next week. So that's pretty cool uh, as well there. So I also want to welcome all of our listeners online through the Grace FM app, uh, as well as through the internet. Uh, Literally, this is heard all over the world, and that's a a cool thing that we can use technology that way. What an amazing time we live in, that we can connect through technology that way. Uh, Such a privilege, such an honor to be able to do that. Um, so hey, if you're listening, you know from around wherever you're at, you can call and text as well. Uh, again, my name's Cody King. I am the lead pastor at Redemption Calvary. Uh, we're a Calvary Chapel church in the northeastern part of Metro Denver. Uh, that city is Commerce City, and uh, we've been here for my family and I about six and a half years. We moved out from Southern California with the whole purpose of planting this church. And uh, God has been so gracious to plant a church um, and to be able to see it uh, grow into uh, into a body of believers. Such an amazing thing. You know, if there's anything I know that uh, having planted uh, a church here is that um, church planting is, it is miraculous. Um, this is the second church plant that my family and I have been able to part- participate in. And uh, man, it is truly a miracle of God. Um, he... The fact that a church exists at all is, is sheer, uh, a sheer miracle of the Lord as he gathers people together. I mean, I remember sitting in my living room, because that's how we started. We just opened up our home to do a home Bible study. And I remember sitting in my living room thinking, who in their right mind is going to come to this thing? Like, why would people show up at my house? And uh, sure enough, there were there were a few crazy people who did, and I'm so thankful the Lord brought them, and He brought them along uh, our path. And and oddly enough, uh, you know, I don't know really how this all works, but all the people I invited never came. Uh, God brought people different ways, and so uh, w- what a crazy crazy idea. So if you want tips on how church planting works, I don't really know if I have any of those, other than faithfulness to the Lord, and calling. Those are the most important things. But hey, you know, the church that we I pastor at it meets up here in Commerce City um, in the Reunion area. Uh, we usually meet at Landmark Academy at Reunion, um, but being with that all of the coronavirus stuff is going on in the world, we still haven't had a start date when we can get back together in the school. Uh, and so we're looking for other options and other things like that, trying to figure out what we can do to get back together. We're really sort of chomping at the bit, ready to go. We, we're ready to get back together and to worship the Lord together. And so if you think about it, would you pray for us? Would you pray the Lord would open up a door of opportunity for us? Uh, we have one Sunday morning service at 10 a.m. You can listen online, uh, either through our website or YouTube channel or Facebook and also Twitter. Um, and so you can do that at 10 a.m. every Sunday morning uh, here Uh, you know, in Mountain Standard Time. Currently, we are studying through the book of Romans. Um, And so it's been an amazing study. Uh, You can get directions to, you know, when we are meeting in person. You can listen to messages. You can get more information about our church by visiting visiting our website. It is redemptioncalvary.org. redemptioncalvary.org. You can also listen to our radio program. We have a radio program that airs here on Grace FM in the, in the uh, Colorado area. Um, it's weeknights at 8 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 9.30 in the morning. So because it's weeknights at 8 p.m., there's a live service that happens at that time on Wednesday nights from Calvary Aurora. And so uh, we, we have Monday, Tuesday, Thursday and Friday. And I think on our, our radio program right now, I think we're still in the book of Esther. Uh, that was Man, that was an epic study for sure. But uh, man, we're, I'm excited to be with you. I'm excited to be able to share this time with you and to be able to talk with you about the things of the Lord. So give me a call, 303-690-3000. You can also send in a text message at 720-336-0897. Uh, 303-690-3000 or text message 720-336-0897. We look forward to talking to you, to be able to connect with you. Like I said before, uh, here at Redemption Calvary, we are going through the book of Romans. And uh, we just finished a, a section, a series, and you know, it kind of turned into a little bit of a mini series. I didn't really plan on it this way. It's, you know, it's just kind of one of the things that the Lord does as you travel through his word and he starts to bring things to the surface. And, you know, hopefully I pray that you're going to a church, uh, part of a church that is, you know, not just going to one, but part of one. I hope you know what that means. Like you're, it's not a place you go to, it's a family that you're a part of. But, uh, you know, sometimes what the Lord does is as you take a section of scripture and, and, and as I hope that you're you're a part of a church that teaches through the Scriptures, I think that's really, really important. Something called expository teaching, where they expose what the Bible is uh, and what it says and what it means. Um, as you're doing that, there are, there's really, you know, Scripture is very clear. There's one teaching of Scripture. Uh, but there's a lot of different ways that you can approach that teaching, a lot of different ways that it can be shaped, and a lot of ways that it can uh, bring application into our lives. And as we've been traveling at Redemption Calvary through the book of Romans, it has been a powerful study. I mean, let me tell you, the Lord has some crazy, amazing things to say in the book of Romans. And part of what's so powerful is that the opening part of of Romans, when you go through the first seven chapters, it's really sort of brutal. God goes right after our sinfulness and you know, one of the big verses there in, in the opening part of Romans is that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And so there's a, a few chapters in there that are just targeting uh, you're a sinner and you're a sinner and you're a sinner. And we are all in this same boat. You know, like if you were to think of the, um, you know, the, the world, humanity, as an old Western movie, you know, the old black and white movies, the way that you tell who the good guys and the bad guys are is by the cowboy hat that they wear, you know? You got the, the, the bad guys wear a black cowboy hat and the good guys wear a white cowboy hat. And, uh, you know, we tend to see ourselves as the good guy. We tend to see ourselves as the one wearing that white cowboy hat. And the truth of the matter is, there's only one who's good and his name's Jesus. The rest of us are all the villain. And that's the way that Romans really lays it out for us. And so, you know, you're, you're thinking, why is that so awesome? I think it's, it's so important because all of that leads us to one thought, and that's Romans chapter 8. You know, that, that one thought of there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. What an amazing concept. But, you know, as I'm thinking through this and talking about this idea of the book of Romans, we finished something of a mini-series through chapters 6 and 7. Um, it turned into a mini series because, you know, that's how God shaped it for our church. And uh, I think it's been an amazing thing just to watch that unfold. And really what's taken place is the flow of chapter 6 and 7 of the book of Romans. It it sort of lays out like this, that there's there's a war that you are in with sin, and there's a way for you to win your war. And the way you're going to win your war with sin, it has everything to do with, with how you think it has everything to do with your mentality. It has everything to do with your mindset. And just, just before I'm going to explain just a couple of these thoughts to you here in in, uh, Romans six and seven. And uh, before we do so, I want to go to second Corinthians chapter 10 and point something out, because I think this really sets the tone for this whole concept. uh, Second Corinthians chapter 10 verses three through five says this for though we walk in the flesh We do not war according to the flesh. Now, I'm going to pause right there. I'm going to reread that. But the word flesh, when you're reading that in the Bible, it could mean one of two things. The word flesh could mean your body, your physical body, the the skin and bones, right? And that's what it means here in 2 Corinthians 10.3. But it also could mean the flesh could be a reference to your sinful nature, that that fallen, sinful, uh, Romans six calls it the old man. Um, that, that thing that's in you, that's bent on evil. That's also the flesh. And so when you read that, that phrase, the flesh, think of the context because the context will tell you which one it's, uh, it's referring to. So here in second Corinthians 10, the flesh is talking about your, your physical body. Uh, so f- so it says this, verse 3, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war against uh, according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Th- this is an important concept. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3-5. through five. What this lets us know is is that uh, there are some things involved in this section targeting specifically spiritual warfare, the war that you and I are in. We've been born into this war. From the moment of your conception, you've been a part of this, this war. You've never known a day outside of this spiritual war. You may not have been aware of it at times. Other times you may be acutely aware of it, but the truth remains that you are in a spiritual war. And this tells us some really specific things about that war. Uh, notice that in this section that the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, meaning fleshly. They're not, they're not of the flesh. They're not natural. Uh, they're not of our sinful nature. They're, they are, they are uh, mighty in God. They're spiritual weapons. And what they do is they pull down strongholds. Now, in verse 5, we're given uh, a number of thoughts about how this works. And the target is this, that the war is happening. The battleground of the war is your mind. In verse 5, we see it, it has to do with arguments, knowledge, and thoughts. That, that this, is, this is the target concept about um, where we're looking uh, with this spiritual war, it's happening in your mind. So here's the thing: if you want to win your war with sin, you are going to have to think differently. You're going to have to have your mind changed. Uh, here's a here's something that I, I could throw out there for you. Hopefully this this grabs you. If if you if God never disagrees with you, then you're not worshiping God. You're worshiping a deified version of yourself. God will absolutely disagree with you. God is going to look to change your mind and challenge the way that you think, and so uh, we've got to be ready for that. We got to we got to expect that God is going to challenge us and change the way that we think. So, uh, so that's kind of the 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 preview, the forethought uh, ahead of getting into these uh, these mindset shifts that happen for us. And Romans chapter six and chapter seven actually give us seven essential mindset shifts in order to win your war with sin. And I'm going to lay those out for you later on. But we've got some callers on the line waiting for us. And so we want to go to the phone lines. Uh, Again, you can give me a call 303-690-3000. Or you can also send in a text message at 720-336-0897. So let's go to line one. Uh, Maria in Franktown has a question. Maria, you're on Calvary Live.
1: Hi, thank you very much for taking my call.
3: Yeah. Um I was
1: speaking with I think his name was Frank. Um and I have a friend that is sending me information, um texting me, you know, to watch these um various things on YouTube and these other odd channels about um Bill Gates and even like Robert F Kennedy Jr. is involved in some of this stuff and how the vaccine is going to be the beginning of the antichrist and it's going to change our dna and they'll be able to track us and you know um and and i try i I don't open any of them and i don't watch any of them she informs me what this is all about and you know my my question was should i be paying attention to this or is this something that is very radical and just out there that's that's you know that's my question
3: Sure. Yeah, I think that's a really good question, especially, you know, with the world that we're living in today. And essentially, um, you know, uh, not to, to, I don't want to get too narrow on any one of these thoughts, uh, but just to kind of speak d- generally or blo- broadly to the idea of kind of conspiracy theories that are out there. I think one of the reasons that conspiracy theories tend to run so rampant is because there is such a, um, a miscommunication happening from those who are in charge so the people who are leading us we, we hear one thing one day we hear something totally opposite the other the next day and uh, so that, that simple fact that there are confl- there's conflicting information causes people to wonder like wh- what is really going on what is happening here um, and yeah. so you know uh, what I would encourage you to do is have a healthy dose of skepticism I think that's appropriate um just because somebody's in charge doesn't mean they have your best interest in mind um and so i think it's appropriate to have a healthy level of skepticism and not to just go with things just because everybody is saying it or everybody is doing it um especially in things that are not let, let me say moral issues right so like if if we want to talk about morality of you know um is it appropriate to to murder somebody well <laughs> there's only one side to that to that question, of course, no. But when it comes to other things like, you know, medical advice and things like that, uh, there's a reason why we have things like second opinions from doctors. Because sometimes a doctor's got an opinion and it's not the right one. And so I think it's appropriate for us to seek out, um, you know, other other opinions. And uh, to kind of get a balanced view, you know. Personally, I like to get the best argument on on all sides, so that way I can make an informed decision. So that way I'm not just kind of going along with something because somebody in authority said it. I hope that kind of makes sense.
1: Well, she's she's not she's not an authority. She's a friend, and uh, well, she's a coworker, and um, and she's she's all of this that that she's telling me is leading towards the end times and the Antichrist and. You know all of that. That that's where I come. in. Uh, everything else, I it's easily put down for me. You know, sure. but recently I've been going, "Wow, should I be paying? It? Should I be paying attention?" Because I kind of try to tone her down a little bit, you know, and <laughs> yeah. and get her to listen to Ed, you know, because that's <laughs> that's what I do on my way to work sure. and everything, and yeah. Um, but but until recently, you know, when she started pinpointing the the vaccine and it being related to the antichrist and all of that, um, you know, I'm thinking, should I pay attention? I've always gotten the flu vaccine. You know, I mean, I always sure. get the. I do, but you know, I I'm not quite sure if this is something I should be paying attention to, or if this is something that I, you know, I should I should stay. Put, keep it where i've been keeping it you know because i it is radical and it is out there on the opposite side and there is no biblical um support in what's being said
3: yeah because it's not really a it's not a biblical kind of a, a question you know um the the whole thought of is this vaccine going to somehow usher in the antichrist and is it going to be you know the way that, I I don't know, you know, um, that's something that is uh, where those conspiracy theories sort of run rampant or whatever. And and so I would just say it's, it is appropriate to have a healthy level of um, just, you know, questioning those things and not just going along just because. But, you know, I would just encourage you to look toward Matthew chapter 24 because Jesus laid out some very specific things about the end times and how we could look for it. Um, and you know, wars, rumors of wars, uh, th- things like that happening in our world. And so we do see that things are ramping oh, up yeah. for that to take place. So would I be surprised if some of this medical stuff was wrapped in? Absolutely not. Of course, I, I would think, yeah, that makes sense that that would be wrapped in with it. But is the, it, like, if you get the vaccine, are you taking the mark of the beast? <laughs> of course not. Uh, it's very right, clear right. in revelation that that's, you know, some people are freaking out about that. Like I, I can't do this cause I'm going to be. Sacrificing my eternity? No, right. that's not how this yeah. works. You know,
1: <laughs> and that's so. that's what she makes me feel like. You know, and I'm going, oh my gosh. You know, I. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah, and, the mark of the uh, beast is
3: going to be very, very specific.
1: We are my husband and I are studying Matthew right now um, awesome. with Ed through Calvary Chapel Great. that the studies that he has. We just started Matthew. We finished Genesis, and we're we're doing Matthew. So it's interesting that you that you um, brought that up too. Yeah. But yes.
3: Yep, so I would just say, you know, don't essentially it's this. People are going to be living in hysteria and fear and if you let that, you know, control your life, you're going to go crazy. Um trust trust the Lord, be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit and he'll give you wisdom. And you know, on areas that are gray areas where I don't have like I don't have a verse that says get a vaccine. I don't have a verse that right, says vaccines exactly. are evil. exactly. Right? And that's
1: what I can't argue with her, you know. Um so See that yep. is it's hard. <laughs>
3: yeah, people just have to be able to make their own decisions before the Lord, and so I just say seek the Lord, you know, and, and and doing that, having that attitude is honorable before Him, you know. So thanks for calling in, Maria. It's great to talk to you.
1: Okay, well, thank you very much.
3: Yep, God bless you. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. My name is Cody King here in studio, taking your questions and your prayer requests. Give me a call 303-690-3000 or send in a text message at 720-336-0897. Let's go to line two and Joel in Greeley. Joel, you're on Calvary Live. Hi, Pastor Cody. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, absolutely. Good to uh, talk to you. I have a
0: lifelong friend who was raised a Jehovah's Witness and... uh, Through the years, we've enjoyed friendly debates and have come to the point where we agree to disagree on all these things. Okay. Uh, We we keep it to Jesus Christ and Him crucified and talk about the rest. Um, He asked me a question uh, the other day that uh, stumped me. He said, well, let me ask you this. And And if you want to elaborate on the difference between the Jehovah's Witness, Watchtower teachings, and Christians to the viewers, I'll leave that up to you.
3: Sure.
0: His question was, if Jesus is God, then why is it he does not know the day or hour of his return and only the father knows? And Got I a said,
3: good, good question. Yeah, I think that's a good question. Yeah. I, um, I think it's so just, just for the sake of everybody else, uh, Jehovah's witness is not Christianity. Uh, and it's very, you know, distinct from Christianity. It's what I would put in the category of a non-Christian cult. Um, and, the, the dividing line, really the biggest dividing line has to do with Jesus and who he is. And so, Joel, to you, you know, I would say it seems very clear based on your friend's question that you are keeping the argument where it needs to be on who is Jesus. Um, and so that's like kudos to you. That's, that is exactly where uh, the debate needs to stay because they'll get, you know— uh, Every non-Christian cult has their own thing that they're going to try to drag you into arguing over little weird details about things that don't matter. Um, but if you keep the conversation about Jesus, then you're talking about what matters. Because we know, Scripture tells us, that there is no other name given among men by which we must be saved. It's the name of Jesus. That, Absolutely. It's, I, don't, I don't gain access to the Father. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Right? And so that's that's where it matters is talking about Jesus. And so that's huge that you're, you're, I know it takes discipline and courage to keep the conversation on Jesus. And so that's, that's amazing. (laughs) That's tremendous. Um, So the, what I would say to that is that people um, mistake the idea of being one with God as uh, you know, Jesus being one with God, being God, they mistake the idea of, um, the hierarchy or order of the Trinity uh, in that uh, equality means that uh, it's, it's equal in, in knowing every single detail or whatever. So here's the deal. Um, It's like this, the, though there is unity within the Trinity, there is also submission within the Trinity very much like here. This is, this is why this matters very much like the way a marriage works, right? I'm not, I don't lord over my wife. I don't command her what to do. I'm not in this weird authoritative position lording over her. We are one, we are equal. We are equal partners in this relationship. And yet God has given me the responsibility of leadership. And so I have a greater authority in leading our home that doesn't make me better or worse. It just makes me have a responsibility. And so, too, it is within the Trinity. Though there is equality and unity, there is a hierarchy. There is an authority of hierarchy. Um, really clearly, Jesus says, I do all the things that the Father tells me to do, right? So, Jesus is submissive to the Father. It's this willful placing Himself under. So, too, the Holy Spirit is submissive to Jesus. And the father, and so it has to do with that authoritative hierarchy, not you know quality or that Jesus is less of a God or you know if he was fully God then he would he would know these things or whatever, um, and so it's it's speaking more to that that idea. I hope that kind of makes sense. Okay.
0: It does. It does. Okay. Yeah. He he just and maybe that's where I need to be a little better explained to him. You know, he just. God is God. Jesus is Jesus, and Jesus can't be God because yeah. Jesus is—you know—he he yeah. just—he's really struggling with that, and and so his question just kind of threw me for a loop. And
3: yeah, you know, absolutely. I just,
0: you know, if God's infinite and we are finite, we just—we have to accept these things that He is so far above us and be beyond our ability to grasp.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And,
0: you know, while we're here, we just have to accept He is who He is, and that's that's, that's how the Trinity is.
3: Amen. Yeah, okay. I I don't okay. believe in the Trinity because the word is in the Bible, right? There's no word Trinity in the Bible. I believe right. in the Trinity because that's how God has revealed Himself clearly through Scriptures. Um, I have to I have to clearly I have to deny what Jesus clearly said in order to make Him only human.
0: Right. Right. Exactly. Okay. Awesome. All right. I will pass that along to him. Thank you right, so much.
3: Thanks for calling, man. Okay. All
0: right. God bye. bless
3: you. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. My name is Cody King here in studio, taking your calls and your prayer requests. You can give me a call at 303-690-3000 or send in a text message at 720-336-0897. Hey, uh, Brent on line three, hold on if you will. Uh, We are going to be going into a break and I don't want to take your call for a few seconds and then end up going into a break. So if you're willing to hold on, that would be great. We'll take you after the break. Uh, But we're looking forward to being able to talk with you, to be able to pray with you. So, hey, give me a call, send in a text message. Just so you know, I don't have any text messages uh, as of yet. And uh, so I know that typically when i answer a text message that's what opens the floodgates and people start texting so just so you know i'm checking it and uh there aren't any there um but i'll I'll definitely throw some of those in and try to work them in for you so please send me a text as well to connect so uh anyway we're going to take a little break and i'll see you on the other side
0: Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now.
3: Live. If you uh, have, were not able to join us on the front half of the show, uh, my name is Cody. I'm the lead pastor at Redemption Calvary here in Commerce City, Colorado. And uh, it's my privilege and honor to be able to serve you today, uh, taking your questions uh, and your prayer requests as we seek to know the Lord even better. You know, that's one of the crazy things about this that I think is so amazing is that, you know, when we study the Bible, um, we're not just studying dry theology or you know, some information. Really what we're seeking is transformation. This is the way that God has revealed himself so clearly, so precisely through his word. And as we know his word better, we don't just know the book. We know the God of the book. That's the point. That's the purpose. And so I love being able to talk with you through these things, to be able to sort of Maybe shed light on something from a different angle or to help you know shore up some of those things that you've already been thinking about. Uh, it's good to talk through and good to, to be able to uh, put some words on. I don't know if you've ever had this experience, but sometimes you have a thought and it's, it's in your mind and you think you've got it and you've really got it down. And then you go to articulate it. You try to talk about it. And you realize, I don't understand this as well as I thought I did. uh, Because you end up really stumbling over your words. You're not sure how to say it, and uh, you got to really spend some more time really thinking through it. So I think talking through these ideas is very, very helpful to be able to um, really solidify some of this stuff in our hearts and minds. So, hey, if uh, you're listening here in the Denver area, the metro area, or anywhere up and down the Front Range here in Colorado, uh, give me a call, 303-690-3000, or send text messages at 720-336-0897. Also, if you're listening on the East Coast, on Hope FM or Truth FM, that airs in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Maryland, Tennessee, North Carolina, Kentucky. If you're hearing us on the East Coast, then remember you're listening to this on a one-week delay, but you can still call in and you can still send text messages in, and we love to hear from our friends on the East Coast. Hey, let's go to uh, line three now, and Brent in Denver. Brent, you're on Calvary Live.
2: Yes. Hi, Pastor Cody. Hey, good to talk Um, to you. Yes, I'm glad, I'm glad that you're taking my call, and I appreciate it. Um, I wanted to tell you about it. A, a, I heard a teaching. Um, I consider it, next to the gospel, the most important teaching I've ever heard. And I've heard bits and pieces of this teaching um, all the time through Raul and through all the Calvary pastors and Chuck Smith, but I've never heard this teaching in its totality uh, from uh, this uh, Bible teacher. He's a PhD, and he's well-known. And when I listen to this um, this teaching, I, I want to tell you the name of it, and then I want to tell you about my son, who has told me some things that really bother me. And it kind of relates back to this teaching. This teaching uh, that I listen to that I consider the most important teaching I've ever heard is called Saved or Self-Deceived. It's by John MacArthur. And it, it it literally scared me to death, um, and uh, it I watched it on YouTube, and I've talked to my son, and my son has told me uh, some things. Uh, I I told my son, I've tried to tell my son that you know it's not just hearing the word, but it's doing the word. Repentance is critical, uh, and that goes back to that teaching by John MacArthur. Uh, about people that have self that they have deceived themselves, they have received another doctrine, and he had mentioned to me that um, that um, some uh, he said that um, uh, like for example Kathy Lee Gifford and a rabbi went to Israel and it was just awesome. Uh, he told me that the age of accountability might actually not be until seventy or till you receive. Uh, Christ. In other words, you're not accountable even at, at the age of 60, 50, 70. Um, and it seems that he's getting, uh, I don't know where he's getting this information, but he's getting a lot of it uh, from, uh, you know, televangelists. And, and that really goes back to uh, saved uh, or self-deceived uh, by that teaching. And one thing I, I thought was, I agree with is um, this uh, John MacArthur called out um, "Oh, the, the gentleman in Houston with that mega church, the biggest church, um, Joel Osteen. He called him a heretic, and I've also heard that from a couple of different Calvary pastors, and I agree with them. It, it is another gospel. It is, it is Christian psychology, if you want to call it that, but the, the, I, have, I have talked to several of my different friends, lifelong friends, and when I start talking the truth, they just don't want to hear it they want to believe a gospel without repentance and this this teaching I heard um, it, it actually made me start to reflect um, because one thing that John MacArthur says is is it talks about you know the wide gate and the narrow the narrow gate and how we must strive to enter and in a second, in a moment, we're saved. But, you know, really, are you secure? Well, it depends on which one of the four seeds that you are, of the seed of the the parable of the sower and the reaper. And so I just wanted to, uh, you know, I'd like to pray for my son, but the amount of deception, I remember, uh, if you think about it, Noah, for 120 years, was a preacher of righteousness, and he didn't have one conversion. And I think, and there's also a teaching by John MacArthur on Uh, how America is just basically the hearts are hardened. And I think a lot of people that are coming to Christ or coming back to Christ are, quote-unquote, Christians that have backslidden and now are starting to understand that they must repent. But as far as the world, I'm not seeing really any fruits of my labor uh, of witnessing. And when I start to to really throw in a a strong dose of repentance, it doesn't seem like I'm getting any results. And like Romans 1, that uh, God just turns them over to a reprobate mind and they've just so hardened the hearts, they won't receive the truth and they'll believe a lie. Yeah. I just wanted to hear what you had to think.
3: I think that's really, uh, I think you articulated that really, really well. Um, You know, first off, I would say that John MacArthur is one of the foremost um, expository preachers of our day. Um, I, I don't agree with him on everything, but I think that's true of pretty much everybody. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, one of the things yeah. I often say is if you agree with somebody on all points, then one of you's not thinking. Um, and so, you know, there's some things that I would disagree with him on specifically about the Holy Spirit and the, and the role of the Holy Spirit in the believer's life. But, you know, really, as far as expository preaching and teaching, you know, he is one of the he's one of my role models and someone that I look to uh, try to emulate as much as possible uh, because he's he's a brilliant mind and uh, really does well with the scriptures and so I, I love John MacArthur. I have nothing but great things to say about him. Um, you know as far as as you know the the conversation around a repentance less gospel, man i I could not say amen louder or hard enough. Um, I actually, I am teaching through the book of Romans currently, uh, at our church. And, uh, at the end of chapter one, that is one of the massive things that I hammered really, really hard for our church, because that's what I see culturally is, is culturally people want sort of, they want a, a cotton candy and puppy dogs sort of gospel where God's going to just jump in and, and like make things good in my life. But, you know, I don't really have to abandon any of the bad stuff in my life, um, Really, here's what it comes down to. People want to argue that Jesus is supposed to accept their sin. They want to bring their sin into their Christianity. They don't want to leave it in order to be in Christ. And that's the, the basic foundational tenet of Christianity is repentance. You have to understand, number one, that you're, you're, you have sin. And number two, that you have to abandon it. It's not, well, God made me this way, therefore I get to bring it with me. No, that's not how it works at all. The whole point is that you are at war. You're at enmity with God, Romans 8 says. And because of that, because of that war with God and the the flesh, it has to be crucified with Christ that you may live by faith in him. So I couldn't agree more that, um, you know, the the whole concept is that repentance is this this thing that, uh, you know, brings you into the family of God. There is no reconciliation of relationship outside of repentance. Um, and the fruits of the work of repentance come as a result of salvation, right? I, I don't work in order to get saved. I work because I am saved. There is a work to do. It's it's not that there's no works in Christianity. It's it's where do they come? Do they come before my salvation or after my salvation? And Scripture is very clear: you do because. Of your salvation, so I, I love I love that, and really uh, encouraged by those thoughts. Um, what he kind what, of one name? thing
2: I will say is he kind of drove home the point that um, you know he first started by you know there has to be you have to deny self, you have to pick up your cross, you have to follow him. I mean, he listed about seven or eight things, and he said and that's just the beginning. Um, and he said there were three basic deceived types. There's the person who's who maybe had experience when he was a child? His parents made him get baptized. Then there are the people who go to church, who uh, who you know they 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 service in the church, um, and uh, they're, they're deceived. And he said then there's the outright hypocrite, and that's the person who is totally deceived. Uh, and they know they're decept- They know they're deceived. They're a hypocrite. They they um, they can't wait to get out of church and get back to their sin. Um, mm-hmm. And he says he doesn't understand why they even bothered uh, to yeah. go to church. But well, a lot of that a... deception is, is actually in the church itself.
3: Yeah. And he said yeah.
2: even in our church, we have people here, they, they're not born again. They carry a Bible. Uh, they say the right thing. They're very uh, knowledgeable about the Bible. Uh, but they, they, they're devoid of relationship. And I just had a hard yeah. time getting that over to my son. It seems like I kind of freeze up when I I try to, because he says, well, dad, I believe I'm saved. And I have a friend. I have a friend, she's 80 years old, and she smokes pot. Mm -hmm. And uh, she goes, well, I'm going to heaven when I die. And I I clearly now, after hearing this teaching by him, I can see, no, she's not. Uh, There's no relationship. There's no, she doesn't ever read the Bible. She doesn't uh, really want to go to church. Uh, She's kind of, her church is marijuana. And I'm surprised by her age that that's the issue, but it really is an issue in her heart, no matter how old she is. And that was just driven home by that teaching. But my son, uh, his name is Philip. He doesn't listen. He doesn't live in the continental U.S. Um, uh, He's out in Hawaii, but I'm sure he's not listening. But I would like you to pray for him. And um, I'm going to try to get him to listen with me. Awesome. I said, you know, you know. So yeah, let's pray for him.
3: That's good. Yeah, I, you know, just a couple of quick thoughts to wrap some some of that up. One is, I would say, you know, Jesus taught the parable of the the wheat and the tares. You know, very clearly, the wheat is growing up. That's the people of God, and among the wheat are tares that are not part of God's people. And so it's, it's very easy for those who are not saved to end up in church, going through the motions, and not really a part of God's family. So that can totally happen. I think the only thing that I would sort of put a, a slant of caution toward is that the only people who know if they are, if you're saved is you and Jesus. Those are the only ones who really, really know. I, I don't know. I cannot see inside the heart of a person. And so all I can go on is the fruit of their life and the confession of their mouth uh, to see uh, one of the hard parts of it, it all is that sometimes people live in what I would look at as unrepentant sin. Um, and uh, the fact is that the Holy Spirit is bringing conviction upon their hearts. They're just rebellious. And so, you know, just like my kids, it, you know, they can be rebellious and they can uh, try to uh, push back against me. And yet um, that doesn't make them no longer my children. Um, you know, in Hebrews chapter 12, it talks about the, discipline of God being the proof that we are his kids. And sometimes people live for a very long time in their sin. Um, They're convicted the entire time, but they won't tell you that. They'll tell you things are good. I love my life of sin. I'm just, I'm having a great time with it, but internally they're actually conflicted and convicted uh, and that's the work of the Lord. And so that's what we pray for. You know, when people tell me I don't feel convicted about that, my response is that's not good. That's actually proof that you you may not even be in Christ. But the whole thing is that's between them and the Lord. I don't get to decide that. The, Jesus knows and they know uh, and so the Lord is the one who who has to answer that. But let's pray for your, well, I, your I, I son. I want to say that I kind of hold on. Have been hey, like uh, hold what, on. We're, we, we're going to have Arthur to move say. on. We're going to have to keep moving on. We we don't have time to to keep talking through this. We got some other callers on the line. So let's pray for your son. All right. Okay. Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you for how good you are. We pray for Philip that you would bring conviction into his heart. That you would bring him to the end of himself, and that God, you would do whatever it takes for that to, that okay. to happen. Lord, we love you. We're so grateful for you and the way that you love us. And we know that you are at work. Even though we may not see the fruit of our labor all the time, we know that your gospel has power. And we pray that you would uh, allow the seeds of your gospel to be planted in multiple hearts and we would see a great harvest to your kingdom. We pray together in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. God bless you. Thanks for calling in. I appreciate it hey you're listening to calvary live my name is cody king here in studio uh taking your calls and your prayer requests and uh love to be able to talk to you so give me a call 303-690-3000 or send in a text message 720-336-0897 let's go to line one and connie in baltimore she has a question uh connie you're on calvary live
1: hi um i have a question in ecclesiastical third chapter about there's a time for everything can
3: you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Okay.
1: So I, I just want to ask the question about the time when, when it said it's a time to love and then it's a time to hate. Now God is love. So why was time to hate? I just kinda of conflicted with
3: that. Yeah, that's a good that's a good question. i appreciate that. I think so one of the things I want to start with is understanding the um the genre, or um, the yeah, the genre of scripture. What are we looking at here? In um, in the scriptures, there are different kinds of writing uh, styles or uh, genres, and Ecclesiastes is in the genre of poetry, and so we've got to be you know sort of discerning and careful when we go into interpreting the poet, the poetic sections of scripture, because they're not exactly the same as when you go to like the book of Acts, that's a historical document that's telling the history of what took place, which is also not the same as the gospels, which is also not the same as what's known as the epistles or the writings of Paul. You know, when he's writing out these letters to churches, he's giving them doctrinal uh, decrees and this is how you do stuff. And this is what's right and wrong. When we're reading in, you know, Proverbs and Psalms and Ecclesiastes, we're going to come across things that sort of make our, make us scratch our heads at times. So here's what I would say. In order to understand Ecclesiastes correctly, I would actually say start at the end. So if you start at the end oh. of Ecclesiastes, you get to okay. chapter 12, verse 9, and it says, Moreover, because the preacher was wise, he still taught the people knowledge. Yes, he pointed... And uh, p- pondered and sought out and set in order many Proverbs. The preacher sought to find acceptable words, and what was written was upright words of truth. The words of the wise are like goads, and the words of scholars like well-driven nails given by one shepherd. And further, my son, be admonished by these. Of making many books, there is no end, and much study is wearisome to the flesh. Here, here's verse 13. I think this is uh, the crux of the matter. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments for this is man's all for God will bring every work to uh, into judgment including every secret secret thing whether good or evil now here's why i say it's important to start with the end when we're looking at ecclesiastes because here at the very end of ecclesiastes verses 9 through 14 of chapter 12 we're told the point what what is solomon getting at Um, All through Ecclesiastes, you have to think of Solomon like a preacher, and he's preaching a message. And sometimes he's using illustrations, and the illustrations aren't meant to be theological. They're meant to illustrate. Uh, And so if we go too deeply into the illustration, then we end up trying to create a theology that's not there. Um, So that's part of it that I would say is important to remember. Now, specifically to what you're talking about in chapter 3, where you have in verses 2 through 8— There's this, you know, series of things. There's a time for this and there's a time for that. And there's a time for this and there's a time for that. Part of what has to be understood with this is that this is a, um, a Hebrew kind of poetic um, uh, writing style where they would take things and juxtapose them against one another, take one extreme and uh, put it against the other extreme. And what he's doing is he's more describing that there are seasons for things that there are, there are things that happen in one time, and that's that time. And then there's another season, and something totally different takes place in my life. To your point precisely about the idea of, what about this love and, and time to hate kind of a thing? Here's what I would say. In the Bible, we're even told that God hates certain things. In Proverbs, excuse me, I think it's Psalm chapter 6, maybe Proverbs chapter 6. I'll have to look that up and remember which one. But we're told that there's a list of seven things that God hates. So in that, I would say, yes, the Bible does tell us in uh, 1 John chapter 4 that God is love, but the Bible also tells us that God is just and that God hates sin. When we look at Jesus on the cross, bleeding and dying for humanity, that is God's hatred and wrath towards sin poured out on Jesus. And so it is appropriate for us to hate as well. And here's how I would say it. God, teach me to hate the things you hate. Teach me to love the things you love.
1: Okay, I like that.
3: Does that make sense?
1: Yes, yes.
3: Okay. Yeah, so that's kind of a longer answer for something sort of shorter, but I think that, you know, that background of Ecclesiastes a little bit will help you sort of gather some of those thoughts because some of the stuff that uh, is said in Ecclesiastes isn't meant for teaching. It's more, it's an illustration. You know, there's sometimes where he's like, you know, what's the point of life? (laughs) So don't read that and give up on life.
1: Oh, no, I'm not. <laughs> Thank you. Thank awesome. you. And can Great I ask a about. quick um, yeah. prayer request, please? For sure. Can I have a, a, a prayer request also?
3: Yes, absolutely.
1: You, okay, so I just came from the doctor today, and I'm going to have to have a procedure done August the 18th. So can you pray for me that all will be well and the report Amen. will be okay?
3: Absolutely. Let's pray for you. Lord, we lift up Connie to you now. We pray that you would bless her, that you would encourage her, that you would go before her. Uh, Lord, we, we lift up to you this uh, medical procedure, and we pray that you would give the doctors the wisdom they need. Um, Lord, we talk about practicing medicine because, Lord, there's a lot of this stuff that we don't understand, that we don't know. Even the most skilled and knowledgeable among us— um, God, they just try to set things up in order for you to do the healing. And so we pray that you would use this medical procedure for healing in Connie's life. We pray that you would keep her heart at peace with trusting you and hoping in you that you are good and that you know what's right for her. And I pray that you would direct her path. Lord, I pray that you would fill her with your Holy Spirit and give her the courage to uh, follow you faithfully wherever you lead. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Jesus' name. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Good to talk to you, Connie. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. My name's Cody here in studio, taking your calls and your prayer requests. Let's go to line two, and uh, Ted in Parker. Ted, uh, you're on Calvary Live. Ted, are you there? Can you hear me? Hello? Hey, Ted, you're on Calvary Live.
0: Yeah, how are you doing? Can you hear me?
3: Yep. Yeah, we can hear you. Go ahead. Can you hear me? Uh, I don't think you can hear me, Ted. Can you hear me? All right. Looks like we have some technical issues going on with. Ted. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me?
4: Yeah, I can. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I just go. I I know you've probably been praying, as so many of us have, for the vulnerable in this world who have pre-existing conditions and are more vulnerable to COVID. I just want to say a little prayer, Lord, that uh, so much hope that somebody in the world, not just the United States, can find an answer for this. And I just pray that uh, in your perfect manner for, you know, the confusion that's around us, that this can happen. And also the more people behind a mask can realize that everybody else is struggling, too, because there's so much fear. And uh, what I try to do behind my mask is reach out and and be extra kind and understanding and friendly with people. And I think that's something to do, too, Um, because this is not a happy time, necessarily. There's a lot of crazy things that people are trying to digest and put together. And I just want to give a little bit of a background on Joel Osteen's church. I I don't think any uh, church is they are all the same.
3: Ted, we we don't really have time for uh, a lot of just you know, kind of talking about a bunch of, uh, a bunch of things that way. So uh, I'll definitely pray for your prayer requests, but uh, we, we're going to need to move on. So Father, we thank you for your the way you love us and the way you care for us. We pray that you would uh, be in connection with those who are the most vulnerable among us, Lord. We know that your heart is for those who are not able to care for themselves. And so we thank you for Ted's heart to pray for those who are vulnerable, and uh, those who need you. And I just pray that you would encourage those and be with them. And that, Lord, if there's things that we can do, if there's practical things that we can do to help them, then show us, direct us, guide our path. We pray together in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So uh, let's see. we got a couple of minutes left. And uh, let's go to the text message lines here for a quick minute. Um, Let's see. Someone says, How do I introduce God to my in-laws? They're elderly, set in their ways, and do not— Uh, And not so accepting of what I have to say, um, as one of them has dementia. I so here's what I would say. First off, number one is pray, pray, pray. the The truth is that only the Holy Spirit can actually bring people to salvation. No one else can do it. I I can't argue anybody into the kingdom of heaven. The Holy Spirit has to bring that conviction. And then I would say, secondly, excuse me, keep the conversation about Jesus and the fact that he died for their sins, that they've sinned and they need Jesus to be able to bring that uh, salvation for them. Uh, So I hope that helps you. Dustin from Windsor Texts in. Uh, could I expand on the mark being obvious? Thank you. Yeah, uh, mark of the beast. It was from an earlier call. Uh, it's Revelation chapter eleven, I believe. I'm going to try to turn there as I'm talking real quick. But essentially, um, the point of the mark of the beast is that you are willfully rejecting God and choosing to serve um, the uh, choosing to serve. Uh, the, the beast choosing to serve Satan. It's actually uh, chapter 13. <clears throat> and so it says there, verse 16, uh, Revelation thirteen sixteen. He causes all, both small and small, great, rich, poor, free and slave, to receive the mark on their right hand or their foreheads, that no one may buy, sell, or accept uh, one who has the mark, or the name of the beast, or the number of his name. Um, and so here's the thing. Uh, it says, that that's the idea of the mark of the beast. In verse 15, we're given the context of what's happening. It says, he was granted power, the beast was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast. So, excuse me, that's the Antichrist. Gives breath to the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. So here's the point. The point is, verse 15 tells us that the mark of the beast has to do with worshiping the beast and rejection of Uh, The Lord. So it's not something that's going to be like, you know, hey, get this tattoo or, you know, if your your boss says we're going to have this new chip so that we can scan ourselves into our building or whatever. It's not going to be that it's got it has to be directly choosing to worship uh, Satan as opposed to worshiping the Lord. And just a quick side note. You're not going to have to make that decision if you're in Christ because you'll be raptured. But that's a whole other question. Uh, So uh, another text comes in. Is marriage uh, for papers bad? And a wife, I'm not sure I understand what's going on. Um, Marriage for papers. Uh, Maybe a legal marriage? I'm not sure what, what that's asking about. Yes, you should get legally married. You can't go out in the woods and just declare your love to each other. Uh, You need to actually have a ceremony and go through the process. Uh, Last question here for text messages as we're coming down to the end. How does the Bible describe Jesus' um, temperament and personality? Uh, There's not really anything that describes directly Jesus' temperament or personality, but as you read through the scriptures, I find that Jesus has a crazy sense of humor. He's sarcastic sometimes. Um, He's very compassionate. Uh, I think he was the kind of guy that everybody wanted to be around. Um, So there's nothing specifically that tells us that, but uh, from the words that are used, it seems that way. So, hey, thanks for joining me today on Calvary Live. Until next time, may you grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.